0: Let me start with where did we leave off for part one? I believe we are back in the U.S. Okay. Yes, this past week I did a little more research. Not that I didn't think our research was ample, but we had talked since this is a two-part, we might as well use the time in between to do a little digging. So some things I kind of wanted to point out. When he escaped from Belize, he actually was live blogging his escape the entire time. What? Are you kidding me? That's the dumbest thing. Oh my goodness. This guy. (laughs) Supposedly, he buried himself in the sand like on the first day that he ran from the Belize cops. I do think I remember seeing that, but I did not know the context. That's
1: very strange.
0: And I know last week we also talked about what this guy looks like, but he truly looks like the Florida man. Yeah. Like he looks like every guy you met from Florida. He looks like a character from The Tiger King. Yeah. One of the things that kept coming up in my research this past week was that he's kind of always been paranoid. Hmm. Okay. I think we had kind of touched on it a little bit and maybe we talked about it maybe being somehow influenced by drugs, but there were multiple accounts throughout different parts of his life where he was convinced somebody was either going to kidnap him, kidnap his wife or girlfriend. There's always like a murder plot in his life. Huh. And so it's either he's wildly paranoid or... There's more that we just don't know about John McAfee, but I'm going to go with the former. Sure. Well, okay. There
1: is a little section coming up that may have something to do with that, and we'll have to speculate on that once we get there. For
0: sure. And then one of the other really funny things that I thought it was worth mentioning is that all those girlfriends he had in Belize, we talked about the thing that they did together yes yes (laughs) and if you don't know just listen to last week's episode but I thought it was funny to mention that all of his girlfriends were like in competition with each other about which one he liked best oh and I believe most of them said they never actually had vaginal or any sort of penetration from him so like the one Sexy thing you did as his girlfriend was this one act. (laughs) Wow. Most of the women liked being his girlfriend because they came from very poor families. For the most part, I think he did treat them pretty well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I kind of hate saying that because, like, he was clearly a disgusting or sure messed up person. He was still
1: exploiting the situation. Yes. That doesn't mean that these women didn't have a benefit as well.
0: I believe one of them was even talking about how she was able to go back to school. And that was something she thought she wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Silver linings? I think so. (laughs) Oh boy. Anyways, just some stuff I thought I should point out for part two. Of the John McAfee escape story? I don't know. What would you call it? Well, I was just going to say the John McAfee life story. Yeah, I guess we have covered a lot.
1: We really have. But there's even more. There's so much more. And I'm excited. Are you excited? Yes. It's just crazy that, I don't know if it's crazy or not, but I do find it a little strange now that I never heard about him before.
0: Yeah, he's such a large character. Like, I'm sure almost every venture capitalist had heard of him because he was trying to get startup money all the time. Sure, that makes sense, yep. But the average person, I in fact, I think most of the stuff I was hearing people say who who had some relation to him or knew who he was were people who were into guys who said fuck the system or were, like, extremely... White guy libertarian. (laughs) You know, like he's a niche. Yes. And I suppose that would not
1: be anything that I would be remotely (laughs) interested in. So.
0: this is Sex with Ghosts. I'm Bridget here with one of the most hardworking, talented people I know both in the accounting world and the podcasting world. We got Molly.
1: Wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
0: So if you haven't gathered, we are talking about John McAfee. And last week we talked about how he went by the title of being British born, but really he grew up in the United States, he got into the computer game, he created the antivirus software under the same name McAfee, then got kicked off the board at his own company, and he moved to Belize, had a crazy wild gangster lifestyle there, and of course, he gets into trouble pertaining to murdering some people, Indeed. <laughs> some neighbors. So, of course, you're going to go back to the United States where you're already in a bunch of IRS trouble because which one would you rather serve time for, a jail in Belize for murdering someone or a white-collar crime back in the States? Very true. We
1: should also mention that first night, he meets his third wife, who is his final wife, because... He's still down.
0: <laughs> I think we get to it later, but she's a very interesting character of sorts. Yes, and
1: it is difficult to say how trustworthy her story is for various reasons, but it's important. I don't know if it's important, but it's interesting to know that he meets her that first night when he lands back in Miami.
0: Love at first sight, baby. Yep.
1: Back in the. United States, John McAfee goes about rebuilding his celebrity, as we kind of talked about. It's a minor celebrity, mostly with libertarians, people who are anti the system, people who think taxes are theft and such.
0: So QAnon. Yes.
1: He also makes a lot of his celebrity from mocking the media, kind of like someone else we know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> or several in that group of people.
1: Many, many people we know. He also mocks the McAfee company because he
0: is long since disinvested from the company. Didn't he make videos of himself with guns and like fake, maybe real, maybe fake drugs? Right, yeah, we don't know. And a bunch of girlfriends saying, don't download this software, please remove it from your computer.
1: yes. Like I said before, to some of his more outrageous claims, he did explain to reporters that he was trying to fuck with the media as much as he could. So part of his game.
0: Which is incredible because by saying that, you also take away the credibility of your own self. Yeah. So even though you're supposedly trying to dismantle the trustworthiness of the media you're also basically alerting to everyone you're not the best narrator of your story. That
1: would be my first instinct. Now I just don't know what to believe when he says things but I think that there's a certain type of person in the United States and elsewhere that doesn't really care about that. They don't care about the truth of the story they just care about the story itself.
0: I mean, yeah, it's inherently, I don't know if this is fair to say, but I think it's inherently sociopathic. Yeah. You're willing to risk everything because for a sociopath, there's really nothing to risk. That's why they typically are found in high-risk jobs. (laughs)
1: Yes. And this part really surprised me. He gets appointed chief executive of a technology investment company, MGT Capital, in 2015. And I just cannot imagine a board of directors being like, yes, we want this wanted criminal tax evader as our chief executive. This appears to be John McAfee's first, I don't know if it's first, but one of his major forays into Bitcoins, which will become a very prominent part of his life once he has left belize and come to the united states
0: i feel like someone like john mcafee going into bitcoin and then elon musk and all these other guys it's like do we all see a pattern here (laughs) yeah
1: i definitely do it makes me nervous about the product itself if people like that are supporting it and investing in it but At the same time, like, I don't want to be missing out on investment opportunities. So it is difficult to gauge what's real and what's not real in this world. Similar to John McPhee, We've been watching
0: uh, Fuckboy Island. Have you heard about this? I have, but I have no idea what it is. So it's like a dumb reality TV show. There's three women. There's a group of men. Half of them are fuckboys. Half of them are self-proclaimed nice guys. The women... It doesn't really matter if they end up with a nice guy or a fuck boy, but they're trying to figure out like, is this a nice guy or a fuck boy? Sure, yeah. And so it's like a funny journey. There's some really good jokes in there about fuck boys, so it's been I find it very enjoyable. I don't normally like dating reality TV shows. and what's funny is we're watching it, and all the fuck boy jobs are crazy. It's like, Club promoter. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, a lot of them are like influencers. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see the one that's like Bitcoin investor and Mike's like, that's not a job.
1: We'll see with some of the charges that come against John McAfee that it could be a job. Another thing that happens while he's back in the United States he's building a celebrity. He's working for technology investment companies, Bitcoin people. A Florida court actually finds him legally liable for Fall's death. It's really interesting if you look up this guy's story because his family does these interviews that are like, no one cares about our son, Greg Fall, because all they care about is like making fun of John McAfee. Yeah, (laughs) it's like very sad for them. But the court
0: does find him legally liable for Fall's death. Which is amazing. It is. Because that must have been a difficult conviction because it's international.
1: Right. That's what I would think. I, I think it's pretty amazing that they got that. Unfortunately. So this was in 2015 when he is found legally liable. But in 2019, it's reported that he's ordered to pay $25 million in the wrongful death suit. But on Twitter, he responds over 200 million in judgments have been handed down against him in the last 11 years, but he has no assets and is unable to pay a single penny of
0: any of them, which is incredible. After he just left a place where he basically paid all of Belize to treat him nicely, he paid off the cops. I think I had seen he had given the cops like a, a million dollar boat. Essentially, Jeez. he paid Workers to build him like a villa that he lived at while he was in Belize. Like, clearly, he's had some access to money. Yeah, Ugh. it's
1: pretty horrifying because if you think about it, you have in some ways caused this man's death, and all you have to do is pay money. Yeah, and he won't even do that. Good God, what a scum, exactly. Around this time, he's also on Twitter quite a bit, like all good white men libertarians. (laughs) That was good, Molly. That was really good. He likes to proclaim that he hasn't paid income taxes in the last eight years.
0: Totally normal thing to tell everybody on Twitter. In public. That's what we're going to talk about.
1: He launches a run at the Libertarian Party's presidential nomination in 2016. But he loses because, as we know, our good friend, Gary, what's his name, was the Libertarian candidate. What's his name? Gary something. I Gary. don't know.
0: It's. I know if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah I remember that. Gary Johnson,
1: that's the one. Gary Such Johnson. a fake...
0: Doesn't that sound like the most made-up name? Yes. It's like one of those names where somebody's like, I'm sorry, what's your name? And you're like looking around the room and you see like a map of Indiana and you're like, Gary. And then you're like right next to the bathroom. So you're like, Johnson, Gary Johnson. That's my name. The thing is with libertarians, you wouldn't be surprised. Maybe
1: that's really not his name. He's just like made up a name. He's like, I need to be off the system. Off the grid. Some sources do say that John McAfee running as a candidate in the Libertarian Party's presidential race did help quadruple the party's vote in 2016.
0: I could see that. I mean, he is obviously a trash bag and obviously Libertarians love trash bags, but he also like carried that very large and loud persona. Yep. That, like, if you're truly to understand what the Libertarian Party stands for, or doesn't you're looking at the poster boy and you're like, this guy looks like he's living the best life he's ever had in Florida. And that's something I'm attracted to. Yikes. <laughs> he's a
1: type. <laughs> he is a type. He is very much a type, which is weird to say now because I don't think I could have said that back in that time it's only in hindsight that I realize but I don't know
0: I bet you would say that then you think so I think the difference because I think about this a lot because like even when the Black Lives Matter movement was happening I was like did I not know this was going on and then I went through some old notebooks or something and I was like no I was aware and I was like cheering for things but I think the difference was prior to 2016, you just had some sort of hope or optimism that we were going at least in the right direction. And then once Trump was elected, you realize you underestimated everything. And I mean, I don't know about you, but like, for me, I felt like, was almost like, oh, I was blindsided or I was ignoring all this stuff. And it was like, no, you weren't ignoring that. You're very well aware, but your your optimism was just so much higher. Yeah,
1: I think that's probably true for me. Oof, it's hard to even think about. But 2016 was a very dark year, very cringe. Yeah. Just as a side note, he did run again from exile in 2020, but lost.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Try to do the old uh, Napoleon Bonaparte <laughs> move there. Yeah, it does seem like quite a like. Oh, that that's probably never a good idea. I don't know if it's ever worked for anyone. No, I I don't believe so. It would be weird if it did. Like at that point, it's like okay, this is definitely clout. Yeah, <laughs> things in twenty twenty. Okay, you had so much upstaging in twenty twenty. We had the pandemic. We had outrageous political stuff on a larger spectrum going on. I think it, the competition of whatever you were doing in 2020, there were so much larger things going on that I feel like years from now, we're going to be like, that happened in 2020. I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now we're moving into
1: the last years of his life, which we only know in hindsight, obviously because he's dead. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert. So he's still with his wife, Janice Dyson, and they are living in a heavily fortified compound in Tennessee.
0: Imagine it's
1: mostly cheap to live in Tennessee. Definitely. It's kind of like the cult situation we were talking about that one week.
0: Oh yeah. And they are definitely pro-libertarian.
1: Yep. Yeah, there's all that that's where that's where the crossover comes in. I will talk a little bit more about what his life is like in this heavily fortified compound. But just so we are kind of getting the story of his last few years, he lives through a poisoning attempt. I don't think that the poisoning actually happens, but supposedly there's a poisoning assassination attempt and they take to the
0: seas in a yacht. I think the poisoning attempt is clearly bullshit. This is like the paranoia thing I was talking about earlier. Probably more likely,
1: but for whatever reason, they do go to sea. This is a mega yacht. This is a very rich person's mega yacht. He has multiple people living on there as employees. Very normal. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know that people necessarily understand it, and it just reminds me very much of Peter Thiel. Oh. Because mega yachts are millions of dollars. And it's just kind of insane that people even own them. Peter Thiel probably loaned him out the yacht. It's possible. They're all on the same page. Working from the same book, except for, I don't know if John McAfee
0: reads all that many books. I think if John McAfee was sober, he would have been Peter Thiel.
1: Yeah. It seems like he was very smart, but he also just had some mental issues. and. Some substance abuse problems, so and I think that that kind of uh dragged down his uh capitalistic potential or whatever. Well, only so much. They go from the US to the Bahamas and then to Cuba, which is super weird indeed. There is a ah, this is not supported by anything but John McAfee's word, but. John McAfee does claim that he tells Cuba that he can help them get past the embargo by using Bitcoin. Oh, my
0: God. I I sort of feel really bad for Cuba. Yeah. The whole start of Cuba goes back to slavery. And then trying to work through that and people just like wanting rights. And then you get shit on by all the major the superpower countries all take a shit in your backyard, essentially. And the people who actually live there are just like, can't trust anyone. Yeah, they probably shouldn't either,
1: especially with people like that knocking at the door. They were, the couple and their employees, were arrested in 2019 after they entered the country with firearms on their boats They were arrested in the Dominican Republic? Yes. I don't know if I said that correctly. They were arrested in 2019 in the Dominican Republic. There you go. Presumably, they were stocking up on their supplies, and they go in with a bunch of illegal firearms on their boat. Just to expand a little bit more about the firearms, and we've already seen them in Belize, but once he's in the United States, especially in Tennessee, he was just pretty much obsessed with having a loaded gun with him at all times.
0: Well, and that that actually even starts back to his first wife. Yeah. Like when I was talking about him being paranoid, one of the stories I heard: so he was at work, his first wife, while her husband was at work, she goes over to the neighbors just to like shoot the shit, and John comes home from work his wife's not there so being the paranoid weirdo he is he puts a gun in his pocket and walks over to the neighbors and he's like have you seen my wife and they're like yeah she's over you know she's been hanging out with us and they're like uh uh, cool we can (laughs) see the gun (laughs) in your pants and he was like yeah people want to kill me and this is so this is like first wife shit. Wow. This is like the 80s. That's kind of crazy. I did not know that. This is who he is. This guy loves a gun and he loves telling people that people are after him, which is wild because I feel like the rest of us would be committed if we talked that way.
1: Yeah, but he does happen to live in states like Colorado, which have very, I wouldn't say lax gun laws, but there are quite a few gun owners in Colorado, and then also in Tennessee, in Florida. He's choosing places specifically for... So he can be a guy with a tiny dick and a giant gun. I would have to imagine. Though he did... I mean, and maybe that's why he left Silicon Valley so quickly, because
0: no one was cool with guns. He tried to go up to different people like... So, uh, I heard you guys talking about viruses and I just was like, what do you think about guns? And they were like, what are you talking about? Very true. Many
1: interviewers talk about how he has loaded guns in his hands during interviews. He does not feel comfortable without that.
0: I just think it's so weird. I feel like if I met someone like that, I would be like, I'm never meeting you again. (laughs) Well, I would not want to be close to that person in any way,
1: especially if you know they're paranoid and thinking about all
0: of the accidental shootings in this country. is just so much to unpack. I don't have time or the investment to figure out why you need a gun. Because, yeah, like you said, I'll be accidentally shot before we even have any sort of meaningful connection. That's
1: what I would think. That's what I would be afraid of myself. On top of all the other things. (laughs) John does claim this arrest is part of a plot on behalf of the U.S. government to get him back into the U.S. without having to be extradited. He is able to get out of this and travel to London. So him and his wife cross Europe and end up in an ultra-secure tinfoil-covered hideout
0: in Lithuania. Okay, so London, you definitely can't have a gun. But Lithuania, I'm sure you can have a gun. Yes,
1: for sure. There are pictures on the internet of this tinfoil-covered hideout. And when I read about it, I was like, what are you talking Like, I figured there would be like tinfoil on the roof or something. Yeah. It is like tinfoil-covered walls. On the outside? I only saw pictures of the inside.
0: Oh, so it's in the inside? Is- yeah, it was weird. I mean, the idea, and you, I think you have this notated, is it's protection, supposedly? I would not think that that would work. I wouldn't think that would work in whatever year we're in. I guess I would think technology has somehow... Moved beyond that in twenty nineteen, but I still don't understand like how phones work. It's just <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't either, and it's possible, like when I think tinfoil, I think of like tinfoil that you buy in a box that's very thin, oh yeah, and it's possible it was like maybe heavier duty,
0: but it does not look like it in the pictures. Well, I think it can be like from the box, I think. You could get heavier tin, but I think for the most part, the idea is that it can. I mean, I think that's why that phrase exists about the tinfoil hat, you know? Yeah.
1: Interestingly enough, like Bridget was saying with his live tweeting his escape from Belize, he's also like doing plenty of interviews in his hideout in Lithuania, telling people That he's in a hideout in
0: Lithuania. This is after he got caught. Yes. Doing a Vice interview that revealed his location when he was escaping Belize, which we talked about last time.
1: It is bonkers. Like He is just one of those
0: people who seems to
1: be obsessed with the media.
0: And you could say, too, that's how large his arrogance is. He doesn't care if he gets caught or if he doesn't get caught. He just loves that he's on this adventure and people want to talk to him about it. That's all he gives a shit about.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does seem like that. But also, like, if everything's covered in tinfoil, how do you give these interviews? (laughs) Besides, I mean,
0: it's a mysterious
1: life this guy led. Some of the phrases he uses during this time is CIA kidnap teams. So he does
0: believe that the corrupt U.S. Justice Department is after him. It's so funny because even then, our Justice Department would actually probably be more in favor of what he was doing. It's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> it's interesting once we like kind of look at some of his social media reports and such, how he definitely, like, adopts some
0: populist opinions. He adopts them, or do you think he's exploiting them? I don't know. And I sort of feel like prior to any of this, he probably already had some variation of those populist ideas. That would be my guess. It's true,
1: but, like, I feel like there's a difference between like a hardcore libertarian and a populist. And it's hard to know where he is on that
0: spectrum, actually. Oh, but I'd even say at this time that that spectrum is just fucked. I think right now, most libertarians are also some element of populist. I don't think there's a defining difference among most of them i'm sure there's like some neckbeard somewhere that say oh well actually but i think for the most part when you see these people post online and stuff as long as it's all on that side of the spectrum of being on the right and being anti-government bullshit i think it it's kind of all the same sure yeah just
1: for the record There have been another two times where he lies about details of his arrest. So more instances of cases that we can't really trust him about anything he's talking about. In 2015, he's arrested for driving under the
0: influence and possession of a firearm while intoxicated. Well, that must be not true because my John McAfee is so sober. (laughs) This is when he's in Tennessee. He jokes on Facebook
1: about a shootout, which could be he was just joking. But CNBC does interview him about it, and he tells them
0: that that did not happen. That is so funny. So I'm not really quite sure what we're supposed to take from that. I mean, if you're full of that many contradictions, like we said, like you're just not a reliable narrator here. And in 2020, McAfee
1: falsely states that he is arrested in Norway during the COVID-19 pandemic after refusing to replace a lace thong with a more effective mask. He does tweet a picture of himself with a bruised eye and also tweets a photo of an officer. However, the officer does have the German word for police on it. They do not speak German in Norway. And the Ausberg police later do say that he had tried to enter Germany on that date, but had not been arrested at all. So you're saying
0: there's some problems with his story. (laughs) Yes, more problems. More money, more problems, you know. Speaking of more money, more problems. Let's talk about
1: (laughs) the charges that have been brought against John McAfee. So the basics are tax evasion. These charges, they originate in Tennessee. That's where he had to flee from. Just for evading his taxes, which he has bragged about on Twitter. So we know he's just literally evading his taxes.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if Tennessee is coming after you for tax evasion, you really fucked up. Yep, uh, definitely, for
1: sure. <laughs> However, there's even larger charges. And those charges are security fraud and money laundering, which are a, a federal offense a much, much larger charge. For the record, I did read the charges because they are posted online because it's a federal offense. And his security fraud relates to the fact that he used his Twitter account to fraudulently promote to investors cryptocurrencies. So he is pretty much doing exactly what we talked about in our GameStop episode. He has invested in cryptocurrencies. And then he pumps them up and he says, everyone should invest in this stock. And the cryptocurrency value rises and then he sells and makes a lot of money. Jesus. But it's beyond that because, in addition, he's actually taking money from the cryptocurrencies to promote the investments. So it's not only that he owns the cryptocurrencies. He's also being paid by the companies to promote it because they know that he has a large following on Twitter who invests in cryptocurrencies. He likes to claim that, no, I evaluated these companies on its own merits and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But in the end, there is no denying that you cannot ethically promote a cryptocurrency that you own. You just can't. It's not ethical.
0: Yeah, I think that's true for any business that you have ownership in. You're not supposed to do that. Yes. It's wild because he doesn't know how to shut his fucking mouth. He does not. I think this happens probably all the time, especially with people like Elon Musk. But the difference is, John does not know how to shut the fuck up. And he's doing these like Facebook Live bullshit. Yep. Telling everyone. All of his secrets. It's just like, come on, dude.
1: Part of these promotions were our initial coin offerings, which are known as ICOs in the cryptocurrency world. The Justice Department is it Justice Department or who is it? The SEC. This is the SEC charges. They claim that he has earned more than 11 million in undisclosed compensation from these cryptocurrency companies. He has, at points in his life which which we know we can't trust him he says he's paid millions of dollars in taxes and then he also loves to use the argument everyone else is doing it and his wife also talks about this on twitter all the time elon Musk did it so why are they going
0: after john because john is sloppy dude (laughs) like very true (laughs) Like You can't just tell people you're paying taxes and they can literally look at your tax record and be like, no, bro. (laughs) Bro, bro, who are you kidding?
1: During the time in the US, he works for various cryptocurrencies. They use him as a promotional guy.
0: A brand ambassador.
1: Yeah, a brand ambassador. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of... And that's what I was talking about when here's the throwback, the fuck boy fuck boy island (laughs) so (laughs) cryptocurrency well investor yeah it's possible that he is I mean it's possible that he's just actually just investing his own money but it's also possible he's being paid by
0: someone right but it's not a it's not a real job per (laughs) se it's like being in the right place at the right time and someone deeming you somehow trustworthy or crazy enough to get their own thing going. Yeah, I suppose that's true. It's a pretty sketchy system, and I just don't know how... I mean, it's a Wild West right now. It is. If you want to go into an industry with very confusing regulation, <laughs> boy, do I have something for you.
1: Yes. My goodness. It's not just the SEC. It's like kind of a coordinated, the attorney for the Southern District of New York, the FBI, and the Department of Justice. Everyone is working together to bring down John McAfee at this point.
0: And that makes sense because he's probably a little bit on everyone's radar. And there's probably a Democrat running in New York or somewhere that's like, Hey, it would really behoove me if we took down this guy. So maybe all of you could work together.
1: Definitely. Like the Southern District of New York is the one that brings all the charges against Donald Trump, for instance. So they're pretty aggressive when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, but let's see how far they get. Well, sure. Yeah.
1: He is then arrested in Barcelona trying to board a flight to Istanbul with his British passport and has been in jail well was in jail (laughs) since then let's get a date on that october of 2020 spain keeps him in jail through the rest of 2020 he is trying to get released because the u.s does want to extradite him and mcafee is arguing in court that These charges are politically motivated, and also that he would spend the rest of his life in prison if he was returned to the U.S., so Spain should
0: not extradite him. Of course, it's politically motivated. That large of a crime, and the degree to which financially you're screwing people over yeah, it's rich people that want to see him punished. I'm not justifying what he's saying, though, so much because obviously I do think he's a bad guy. But for that type of arrest to happen, you've definitely really pissed off someone higher up in the political world. Yeah, I do understand what you're saying.
1: This is how I read it, and it'd be interesting to know if there's, there's probably like legal definitions of this kind of stuff, but I would have to think that it's really more like, I'm trying to extradite this literal political prisoners who are, like, advocating for freedom. Yes. <laughs> and their governments want to execute them. Right, with.
0: which is not what McAfee's you're doing. You're right. He's not on... Yeah, I guess I should make that clear. I think it is politically motivated in that a politician is like, here's a yeah. big fish to kill. But McAfee saying fuck you to the United States, he does not stand for anything that anyone gives a shit about. Right, right. He could believe in world peace and say he's doing this for world peace and it wouldn't make a difference. Whatever his personal beliefs he's been on the campaign trail saying is very minute compared to the number of rich people he's pissed off by laundering money, hiding money, lying about how much money he actually has. That's going to piss off people.
1: Very true. And the Spanish court does rule against him. Yeah, Spain's like we're not fucking with the U.S. Why would, why would Spain stand up to the United States for John McAfee? No, sorry, buddy, you're screwed.
0: Yeah, I think one of the few countries that actually still does that is France. But like, that's just like the way France is. <laughs> that makes sense. I can see it. It's been theorized that Ghislaine was trying to, and if she was put on probation, she would go straight to France because France probably wouldn't let her be extradited because I think she's technically a French citizen. Oh. Well, and that's the other thing. I think France is like, we don't extradite our citizens. Sure. Maybe France would extradite him as long as you're not a French citizen. Sure, sure. There's reasons that countries do that. Honestly, I, I think if a citizen is in your country and they commit a crime internationally, I think that country really shouldn't extradite him because I think that country should deal with it if they're there. If that makes sense. I think it makes sense.
1: I think it just gets difficult when different countries have different laws and they see maybe the United States, you wouldn't want your citizen being arrested for nonviolent drug charges.
0: It gets really muddy, but I think what's convinced me of that was the Amanda Knox trial. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of fucked. So, I think if you do commit a crime like that, your country should at least be involved because there are major cultural differences and there are language barriers. And it's
1: yes, very complicated.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It's important to know that he could have appealed the decision. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't because he committed suicide that same day. Or did he? Or did he? Now we come to the questionable death of John McAfee. The controversy? There's controversy because his widow does not accept that he died by suicide.
0: So like Molly said, yes, his wife does not believe he did this. Before we jump into his wife, there are a series of events where he is alleging that he would never kill himself and he gets the attraction of of the QAnon community. So allegedly, and I've only seen screenshots of this, shortly after McAfee died, a black Q with a white background showed up on his Instagram account. And this of course tells the QAnon community that he was somehow affiliated with them. Also in some of my research, it seemed clear that John McAfee wasn't the only one running his social media account. Anyone placing this queue could easily be someone who just worked for him, if that makes sense. Definitely. But a number of QAnon supporters suggest that the hidden queue in the Instagram post was a cryptographic key embedded. Now, if you're like me, you have no idea what the hell that means. So I'm going to give you a baseline definition And I'm going to honestly tell you, I can't exactly break it down what it means beyond this because I'm not a computer nerd. (laughs) So the cryptographic key in cryptography, there is a key that is a string of characters used within an encryption algorithm for altering data so that it appears random. So basically, that's like a code, and there's some sort of deciphering thing to break that code. Think Zodiac, but it's all computer coding, right? I
1: would imagine so, though I don't really know because... Because you're also
0: not a computer nerd. Yeah. I mean, you're a computer nerd, but not that level. This is like a level 112. (laughs) And like a physical key, it locks or encrypts the data. So that means it can keep the data secret so that only the person with the right key can unlock it or decrypt it or see what is actually being coded. It's almost like you're speaking a language I don't understand, but then once I figure out the pattern of the language, I can figure out what it is you're saying. Yeah. But somehow it has something to do with computers. I'm sorry we're not more clear about this. But guys, we have other hobbies.
1: (laughs) And also, Bridget and I were talking before the show about how the Q community has kind of faded into the background. Like, who knows exactly what's going on right now? Someone could claim, like, yeah, that's a cryptographic key, but then do we know, any of us know, that anyone ever
0: got anything from it? Exactly. And even if they were to say that they did, how do you test that, or you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's just part of the chaos made for us to distrust our government. Which, yes, I do agree, there's things we should distrust our government about, but again, the QAnon is not picking the right things to distrust the government about, if that makes sense. They distrust the things when they say they're going to provide Medicare for all, and then they don't. And then that's an easy thing to hold someone accountable for trying to talk about who they assassinated and not assassinated. I'm going to say, yeah, maybe they've killed a few guys, but it's really hard to prove that. So maybe we stick to the ones, the bullet items we can prove and disprove. <laughs> Anyways. So several influential and popular QAnon profiles have shared a post claiming that the hidden key was in fact instructions and that McAfee had also initiated a dead man's switch. So like we said, there are some QAnon people who have said that they figured it out, but can we really test what they're saying? A dead man's switch. Now, again, I'm going to sound like a dum-dum, and I'm sure we may have a couple listeners listening to this, and we're just like butchering this, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We are destroying something that you probably care a lot about. But, anyways, a dead man's switch is a term used when a device or computer software activates itself when its owner dies. So, essentially, this key is something that only appeared because somehow it was initiated once John McAfee died. But, like I had led with, it seems apparent that other people had access to John McAfee's social media. Right. And maybe that's part of the dead man switch. Maybe it's not automatic. Yeah. And I can see that. However,
1: the problem is it's August now. And if it was really that important, we would have known by now. This is one of those situations where this is pretty much already been disproven. So anyone who's still believing in it, you're making some leaps of logic that the rest of us aren't able to follow YouTube.
0: Yeah, there's nothing significant from any of this that has changed the New World Order. Right.
1: (laughs) And presumably, if they, if they, if the establishment, if the New World Order, if the Illuminati was trying to kill him, then he had some important information. And then once he died, it would have been released. And we don't have that. So what are you talking about? So it failed. It's a failed
0: mission, guys. Just move on. (laughs) And he's made conspiracy theories a part of his public persona for years. And like we said, he liked to fuck with the media. He's not a reliable narrati- nope. narrator. So people latching on to him in this way, is also chaotic on their end. On social media, he entertained that Epstein could still be alive. He even got the tattoo on his arm. It's a dollar sign. W-H-A-C-K-D, insinuating that if he died, he was whacked. And that happened all within a month of speculating that Epstein was still alive. In November 2019, he wrote on Twitter, getting subtle messages from U.S. officials saying, in effect, we're coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill yourself. I got the tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Checked my right arm. And before he died, like we said, he was getting into cryptocurrency, but he actually launched a company himself. I believe the name was Pizzagate Coin. And he had a picture of Hillary Clinton eating pizza as the logo or to advertise the company.
1: Jesus.
0: He also tweeted in June of 2019. So this is before his tattoo. I've collected files on corruption in governments. For the first time, I'm naming names and specifics. I'll begin with the corrupt CIA agent and two Bahamian officials coming today if i'm arrested or disappear 31 plus terabytes of incriminating data will be released to the press which like molly said i think that's yet to be revealed and that's when he was still alive
1: right yeah that's i mean it's it's possible it is coming but it does not seem like uh... <laughs> we're still waiting folks yes. we're still waiting <laughs>
0: 11 days after he had tweeted that, he added, the instant I disappear, the information is released. Those named would be crazy to kill me or collect me. They are simply praying I live forever. If it's released, revenge takes over and I'm dead, which obviously explains why people talk about that original Q post that happened right after he died. But again, we're still waiting. Mel Q, a QAnon advocate with 139,000 subscribers, wrote, There is the possibility a key code to a dead man's switch, a file that has damning evidence against the deep state that is to be unlocked at the time of his death. We will see if this pans out, only time will tell. Well, time hasn't told us anything, so clearly this is all bullshit. Telegram messages are
1: heavily encrypted and can self-destruct.
0: So, yes, that's 139,000 subscribers on Telegram. And a lot of this communication that we're talking about is happening over Telegram. So that's why Molly is pointing that out. However, noted by uh, another huge QAnon guy, QAnon John, whose real name is John Sable, he recently organized the QAnon conference in Dallas, Texas. The code is actually metadata. The code in the picture is actually Facebook code. Oh, well, that's not great. And they use this on all their photos.
1: That's, that's bad for those uh, conspiracy theory believers, because that totally makes sense.
0: So even though John Sable points this out, he also is stating that he thinks John McPhee did not kill himself. While being able to recognize that the code is just some Facebook bullshit code, he also thinks that McPhee's alive or didn't kill himself. People like that are the worst because
1: they're like, no, I'm smart enough to know that the bullshittiest bullshit is bullshit, but... You should still believe me when I say John
0: McVie didn't kill himself. Like, you know, this guy wears a fedora. And I'm not
1: saying that he did not kill himself, but I do feel like there's a possibility out there where he killed himself to fuck with people.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that is
1: in my mind.
0: Like, I can see that. I mean, he's 75 years old and addicted to drugs. It probably wouldn't take much for you to be like, well, I'm going to kill myself and I've already fucked with everybody so much. It's like my legacy. It's the greatest thing I've ever done. He knows he will live on out of controversy.
1: Right. That seems like the most obvious answer to me, but who knows? I mean, we're fulfilling it by doing it. Yes, (laughs) we are. We are. Unfortunately for John, I believe that the media cycle moves too quickly nowadays. And in a year, no one's going to be talking about him.
0: I mean, just probably weird QAnon people, but it's just going to further isolate them from the rest of us. So I think that story leads up to the controversies of his death, which Molly, I believe you more details about because his wife is a talking. Yes. So- Right now, she is his biggest
1: advocate. She was talking to him on the phone. She set up all of his lawyers in the United States and all of that kind of stuff. He actually did have some pretty high powered lawyers back in the United States to work with him on his appeals of process and everything like that. She claims one of the reasons that she doesn't believe he committed suicide was because. They had an action plan in place to begin the appeals process. And his last words to her were, I love you and I will call you in the evening. And I believe, as Bridget and I said, that means nothing to John McAfee. (laughs) (laughs) But Janice Dyson is going to carry that in her heart for the rest of her life.
0: Or at least carry it to the papers. Yes.
1: So Janet Dyson has been, or I don't know if she was converted by John McAfee or if she just truly believed in the evilness of the media beforehand. But she does believe that the entire story was a setup by the
0: media. You'll get into it, but their relationship was super weird. So I don't know if her narrative is any more reliable than that of McAfee's. Definitely not. I do not
1: Believe her anymore, though I am like more sympathetic in some ways because it's like how much was he playing her as well?
0: Well, and what would you have gone through in your life to have John McAfee as your anchor? It's uh very intense. Janice, she
1: claims she heard about his death through a DM on Twitter, which would be really really terrible if that were the case, and I wouldn't actually be completely surprised especially if it's the spanish authorities that are tasked with alerting a citizen in the u.s of their spouse's death yeah that's not completely surprising but she also hears about his suicide note through the media and is never actually shown it herself so she goes and claims his clothing and personal items but the suicide note isn't there And the only people who have the suicide note are the media.
0: Now, would it be normal for a loved one to have a suicide note in terms of the type of high-profile death that McAfee would have had?
1: I don't know. The suicide note part is a little bit weird because if you look at the actual suicide note, it's not actually like a suicide note. It's a bunch of gibberish.
0: Oh, so it got printed. Should we look it up?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't even know why they would call it a suicide note, except for the fact that it was found on this person when he committed suicide. But it wasn't any sort of like, this is why I committed suicide and I'm offing myself. So I don't know what that means. Janice herself does mention that it seems like it was definitely his words because it was something like one of his Twitter
0: posts. Because he actually does, did speak very much in gibberish because he was high all the time. Yes. I think that that's
1: the conclusion that we will uh, take from that. Nice. Perfect. It is the one page and it's hard to read because there's a lot of crossings out, but I'm going to attempt to make some sort of estimate of what it says. I am a phantom parasite. The present moments something I use it to attain my own ends instead of fully living it I want to control my future which does not exist through something knowledge which mere ashes of memory and there's a lot crossed out and it's hard to say exactly what he's trying to get across
0: a lot of it is crossed out and even just saying, I want to control my future, which does not exist. Like, uh, if that doesn't sound <laughs> suicidal.
1: No, I, that's what I also thought when I read it. But I don't know that John McAfee's wife is ever really going to believe it. And I think that it just has to do with their relationship,
0: which we'll get into. If John McPhee is like the captain of your life ship for a moment in time, it's probably hard to switch gears and just say, yeah, I'm married a sociopath. And it's probably easier to be like, no, I'm sticking with everything he originally stated. Right. Seems like there's more power in that in some ways. I think I agree with that.
1: We're going to get a little bit more information on Janice Dyson. But we do have to say right away that this is all according to The Sun, which is a tabloid. So we don't really necessarily believe everything. However, we also know that they were literally giving interviews
0: to The Sun. So a lot of it is their own words. Well, and I think the other difference with, say, like, talking to the sun versus talking to like the New York times is that the New York times is going to try to corroborate a lot of what you're saying. Right. But the sun is going to be like, we don't need to corroborate because your story is the story. Yes. That's a very good point. The sun is
1: the outlet that did report him saying some people think it's horrendous that i lived with seven women aged between 18 and 25. People can think what they want.
0: And 18 to 25, People will have judgments, but let's not forget that last episode, he's been uh, accused R-word guy. He does not have a good track record of treating women extremely well. No. I think that's the part that maybe people are really (laughs) out to press. (laughs) Judging him about
1: as opposed to his lifestyle choices. Yeah. He makes the comment, I have been married twice and living with seven women was a lot stressful than having a wife. And that's because he was paying all of those women. Yes. So the fun story about Janice Dyson. So she was a sex worker that John had paid on their first night. And Janice was introduced to supposed cartel bosses by her pimp. For the first two years they were together, the cartel bosses paid her to spy on John McAfee. Even after they were married in 2013, Janice is still passing on information about his movements and where he is. And this is all in service of supposedly some plot to kidnap him. Though if you have someone on the inside, They are together for two years and you're passing information. That does seem a little strange that the kidnapping never occurred. (laughs) Are you saying she wasn't good at her job? I mean, either that (laughs) or the cartel didn't really care. Who knows?
0: (laughs) And that story is so outrageous. I could easily see John making up that story as like, this is what we're going to tell people. I don't know if you know this. people who want to kill me.
1: Yes. The end of the story is equally unbelievable. Janice claims that during this time, she really did love her husband, but she was afraid to disobey the cartels. So the situation escalates. The cartels want her to do things like poison his food or let them into the house that he's staying at. So at this point, Janice is torn she does not want to murder her husband (laughs) so she tells john and john stays even though janice tells him everything he finds out about a role in the plots but he knew his wife was in a perilous situation with cartels he says for me i did not mind she was in a hard place but when she finally came clean it was a beautiful moment holy
0: crap you know what i just realized huh So I was like, I bet John made up this story. But now I'm thinking John probably made up the whole scenario. He probably paid someone to act like a cartel boss and tell this poor woman. Oh, my God. And he set her up. So she like believes him. You're probably right. And this is also a fucked up trust game because then he finds out if she would actually admit to being a part of something like to end his life.
1: That is totally true and one of the reasons I say that is because in the Sun article John is specifically says it's not the pimp it's just the cartel bosses and I thought that detail was super weird but it's probably because he's like in league with the pimp
0: Oh yeah, ooh, that's weird. Yikes. Can you imagine dating someone and they're like setting up Oh, murder mystery in your life that you had no idea about. This is a screenplay, people. if you need ideas. Here's a free one. this whole story. Ah, uh,
1: so that's Janice Dyson, according to the Sun. He's
0: essentially the FBI. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so I think this
1: whole story, in conclusion, is just gonna fade from memory because nothing's gonna happen. It's not like he has some sort of large fortune, unless he does secretly. But if he does secretly, then it's going to stay a secret. It's not going to come to light. I don't know that there's any any future where anything that John McAfee has done in the past matters.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it does, it's on a level that the average person will not be able to connect those dots. It's going to be somebody he's done business with or knows where he was hiding the money. And I'm sure... If you're a person who knows that or was a part of that and we haven't heard of you, you're way more stable than John McAfee ever was. So you'll probably get away with it, in which case, I hope you're enjoying whatever island you're on.
1: To put a final point on it, on June 28th, Reuters does have an article that announces the official autopsy reports of the body from the Spanish court system. They claim that he did die by suicide. Of course, his wife is asking for a second independent autopsy. So we will see.
0: We definitely have Epstein on our minds. It's something we talk about. And that definitely has a lot more suspicious details tied to it. And for that to happen before John McAfee died, I feel like it opened up something in his brain that made him justify why he could kill himself. That's what I think.
1: I totally believe that.
0: Thank you, Molly, for leading the research on this one. Sure. It was a crazy story, and I'm glad we
1: covered it, even if it is kind of an obscure story in the future. It'll be interesting. And pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, Where can people find you, Molly? You can find me on Twitter
0: at MollyMM9, also on Instagram. How about you? same platforms at Bridget underscore suck it. You can find this podcast at sex with ghosts underscore. We have a Patreon that you can support us. Patreon.com dot slash sex with ghosts. We do have a Twitch channel. Feel free to follow us there, twitch.tv slash SW And you can catch us do some live streaming where we like to play drinking games and talk about more obscure stuff. And if those things are unavailable to you or you just want to show an easy way to support us, you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That just helps verify us as a podcast. Anything else I'm leaving out? No, I think that's it. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.